Education Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I have as my special guest, my friend and my reflexologist, Ingrid Schwegler. In addition to being a reflexologist, Ingrid is a Reiki healer, and she's been trained in several modalities around holistic healing. So I'm excited to have her on so we can explore reflexology because this is something that we haven't really talked about, and I find it so beneficial and therapeutic. Um, And I want to dive into Ingrid's journey because I know privately you've shared Um, some things around how you've gotten to where you've gotten to that I find really interesting. So um, Ingrid's also quite intuitive as well, which can be a really useful augmentation for her other services like the reflexology. So it'll be fun to explore how those skills have manifested and developed over time if, if that's something that you feel comfortable getting into. So, so welcome Ingrid. Thank you. So happy to be here. So let's just start a little bit um, with your background. So can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you've evolved into expressing your healing capabilities? Sure. Um, So I was born in Switzerland, very small country in the middle of Europe. And um, I grew up, uh, I'm the oldest child, so of course, there were lots of expectations on me about, you know, what I was supposed to do and who I was supposed to be. So I studied um, at the Swiss National Institute of Technology in Zurich, which is a wonderful school. And I studied biochemistry because I wanted to understand how the insides of my body were working and what was happening inside of my body on a daily basis. Um, I've always struggled with some, quote, mental health issues, anxiety, depression, things like that. So, of course, it was very natural for me to kind of specialize in hormones, neurotransmitters, toxicology, and certain things like that, that ultimately helped me in my journey as well. So then as a biochemist, I started working as a biochemist in a research lab in a perfume and flavor company. And I was working on a strawberry yogurt flavor. How exciting. Um, And so I found after two years of doing that, that really research wasn't for me because I needed more day-to-day feedback and and day-to-day um, just something to hold on to. And sometimes when you're a researcher, you're searching for years before you find one single thing. So that mm-hmm. wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So then I spent the next 20 years in the pharmaceutical industry working on clinical trials. And I really loved my job. I was a project manager for the most part. I love doing, you know, risk management, budget management, timeline management, and working with clients, trying to figure out the best way for them to test their drug. And really, after 20 years, what I found out um, was that the environment that was so fast-paced and so stressful and so dictated by money was really kind of making me sick. And make a mean not aligned with my values. So then I decided that I, I need to go look for something else. And that's when I left in actually almost seven years 
um, to the day. It was mid-November. I left my job, had no idea what I was going to do. Um, and then, you know, just kind of one thing led to another and led me to where I am today. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, when you talk about that in your job with the pharmaceutical company, that the environment you realized was starting to make you unwell, um, what what sort of health issues were you dealing with at that time? Was it around the stress or was it, was it also manifesting within the physical body? Mm-hmm. So both. Um, I've had anxiety uh, in some form since I was in my early years, you know, 10, 12 years old that I remember really the first time noticing it. But then I was also having digestive issues, um, you know, nothing really life-threatening, but just things that were so uncomfortable and that just didn't allow me to have a happy life, um, gaining a lot of weight, um, not sleeping well, always thinking about things. So just kind of things creeping in over time that were becoming a little bit debilitating. And did you notice when you released yourself from the job that those things started to clear up or did you, was that just the beginning of your healing journey? Um, I think my healing journey had began before then because it takes a a certain amount of time of self-exploration and, and of, you know, um, self-investigation to get to the point where you're ready to leave. So I think my journey had started before then, but really um, I had gotten to a place where I was now well enough to be able to leave and start something new. And then the changes just started happening faster. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And you were beginning to explore more holistic wellness and health, which is interesting when you're working in the pharmaceutical industry Mm -hmm. because they don't go hand in hand. You know, one is really around disease and illness and one is really around wholeness and, and well, and wellness. Mm -hmm. Well, to be honest with you, um, holistic health had been a part of my life, my entire life. I was very fortunate to grow up with a mom who was very holistically minded. Um, You know, when I had some kind of childhood disease, she would make a tea or she would make some kind of ointment or something with plants. So um, it had been a part of my life, my entire life. It had just been on the side. I was living my life and then that was happening on the side. And then at that moment, it just became my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree with you that they're kind of on a different spectrum, but I don't um, discredit, you know, one or the other. I think that if they're used wisely, they can both be very helpful in different situations and, mm-hmm. and with different um individual personal situations. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's shift over to reflexology. Can you just give us the rundown on reflexology? Um, you know, I, I personally have experience with it. It feels amazing. It's like this 
really, well, especially with you, like a very gentle foot massage. Um, but it goes so much deeper than just a massage. So can you talk a little bit about, um, about just what it is in case there are people who don't have exposure with it? Sure, sure. Yeah, in my dream world, everybody would have experienced reflexology, but I know that's not the case. So yes, yeah. let's talk about it. So first off, I want to say it's something that's very ancient. It's not something that we just all of a sudden came up with 20 years ago. Um, there were some pictograms for from the pyramids in Egypt where you see people working on other people's feet and hands. So we're assuming that that was reflexology in some form. Um, also, you know, Chinese acupressure, it doesn't use this, the exact same maps, but it uses the same principles. So the principle is that um, we're working with the nervous system and by applying pressure, especially on the feet, but we can also do reflexology on hands and ears and face, etc. cetera. Um, but I work mostly with feet. And so the uh, applying pressure in a very specific way on the feet can help rebalance the nervous system. So when I look at a person's feet, you know, I'm sitting here, their feet are up like this. I'm looking at the underside of their feet. I see their entire body. So I have a body map on their feet that tells me for every single gland and organ in the body that there's a spot on the foot that I can work on to impact this particular organ and gland. So I will use mostly my thumbs, but also my index fingers and my third finger to um, just apply a certain type of pressure in a certain way to each one of these little points. And then it sends a message through the nervous system to the brain that says, oh, I guess it's okay to relax. So then the brain goes back and talks to that organ and says, hey, buddy, it's okay to relax now. And so with, you know, working that Sometimes we have organs that are overworked. Sometimes we have organs that are underworked. So it helps rebalance those that are doing too much to calm down a little bit. And those are not doing enough um, to just rev up a little bit. So that's kind of the general principle of reflexology. It's so interesting how you talk about how you can see like a map of the body on the soles of the feet. Because I know when I've um, when you've worked on me, it'll be like, you'll, cause your pressure is very light and you'll just do like a little something to one of my toes and my sinuses will just open up. That happens like every time. It's one of the first things that happens like, Whoa, I didn't even realize my sinuses needed to be opened. And mm -hmm. I just feel like all the spaciousness in my sinuses. And, um, and so that, so when you talk about being able to see the map, is how much of that is your intuition and how much of it is just like based on your physical eyes and, and the pressure that you're feeling and the tightness that you're feeling is how you're, you're tuning in? So it's a little bit of both. Obviously, when you study reflexology, you get a map. And that shows you which ones of the points are in which areas of the foot. Some 
some points are on both feet, some points are just on the right foot, just on the left foot, et cetera. So you learn that map. But then as you start to work, you notice some differences. Just give you an example. You know, our body cavities, so we have a chest cavity, our abdominal cavity, et cetera. Our body cavities are fairly large. And so our kidneys, for example, they could be a little higher, they could be a little lower, depending on how the person's body is made. And that's where then I have to rely on my intuition, where I know the general area where that point is. But then when I talk to that person's foot with my fingers, um, I will find that, oh, that person has a kidney that's a little higher, this one's a little lower, or a little off to this side or off to the other side. So um, it's really kind of a combination. First, you have to learn the science uh, behind it. And then when you start um, getting more experience and applying it, then you start feeling the subtleties and the differences between each person's individual uh, makeup. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. It's interesting as you say that too, because I'm thinking of like traditional medicine and how that's got to be true for any specialist, you know, where it's Mm -hmm. like the more you see it, the more you just kind of know um, you, you could be like in, in, um, in orthopedic orthopedics or something and just kind of know like, oh, the skeleton is, you know, a little bit longer for this person or whatever, even mm-hmm. though you can't see the bones, you just get so accom- accustomed to the skeletal st- structure of, and how it varies from person to person. So it's like, your intuition does sort of just develop even if you're not necessarily seeing it in that way or using that language. Yes, that's correct. I agree with that. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to keep talking about the intuitive um, side to reflexology. Um, I know that sometimes things come through and, and you freely um, express those things with me. Um, you know, I know that there have been times where you've said, um, you know, right from the beginning you were closed. I couldn't get in, you know, it was like, um, and I tried a couple of different things and I didn't know if we might have to stop. You know, I, I remember that time where you were like, I, remember I didn't that know too. if yeah. I could even get in, which I found fascinating. I was like, really? I didn't even know I was being closed. I was like really excited mm-hmm. to to do that. So, um, but I know that, uh, you have time, like that you feel that out too. Like, can I share this sort of stuff? Um, but can you talk a little bit about what the intuitive hits are like for you? So, um, how that might, that you can take that particular instance if you want or, or other things, but how these things kind of develop within you as you're working on a person? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, and I I don't know, I'm sure you know those different terms, but you know, we have some people who are uh, clairvoyant, they see things. We have people who are clairaudient, they hear things, clairsentient and claircognizant. So um, I'm not so much of a clairvoyant, clairaudient person. I Very rarely I do get images and things like that, but that's not the majority. Mm -hmm. For me is I just get a feeling. Mm -hmm. And so when I touch a person's feet, 
especially the very first time, because the very first time I touch a person's feet, it's brand new. Um, I don't know that person. And some people tell me a lot about themselves. Some people don't. I mean, the, the main reason for the initial questionnaire is for me to make sure that there are no contraindications to do what I'm doing. Um, but, you know, some people will share some of their struggles, some of their physical struggles, some of their emotional struggles with me. Some people don't. And so then, you know, that first touch of the feet will give me sometimes a feeling like, oh, this person doesn't want to let me in. And it's hard to explain because sometimes the foot might just physically be really hard. And I feel like I can't physically get into that tissue. So that's one way. But then some other times the feet are very soft, but I just feel like I can get to a certain point and then not pass that. And so then I have to ask myself, do I want to just honor that limit and just leave it be? Or is it just that I need to build a little more trust and rapport between my hands, ultimately my being and my energy, and that person's feet, so their being and, and their energy and their soul, and so that I can go a little bit further. So then it's kind of a, you know, back and forth, a little dance between my hands and the feet to say, okay, can I get further are we just doing a physical treatment? Are we doing a little bit more? Is there another dimension to that? Mm -hmm. So it's not always very precise, you know, ABC, this and that. It's more just a feeling I get when I touch somebody's feet that something might be going on or that there might be something I need to pay attention to. Mm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. That's really interesting. And I know... Um, that when also when we've worked together, I mean, some incredible things have come up where you've even <laughs> like you've even noticed like beings around um, and 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 sensing me like directing my awareness to them um, and thinking that my head was moving and things like that. So there have been some really profound things that you've picked up in session so it goes like it's like you say with the multi-dimensionality like it's it's it has the potential to be very layered and a really deep experience mm -hmm. yeah that's beautiful um so I know that you're not limited to reflexology you have studied a lot of different modalities um do you want to talk about any of the other Kind of service services that you provide and and things that uh, other other things that are in your wheelhouse. Sure, I can I can just briefly mention some of them work together. Some of them are kind of more individual, separate. Um, so the Reiki you've mentioned, so that's an energy modality, and all that is is that you know I harness the energy from the source, so I'm not transferring my energy. I'm just taking the energy from the source, whatever the person believes it to be, whether that's God or the earth or the universe or whatnot. 
And I uh, pass that on to the client so that their body can decide where it's mostly needed. So that can happen on its own. Um, or it can happen at the same time with the reflexology. Sometimes I can't really shut it off. You know, if I'm doing reflexologies, nope, I'm not transferring energy. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, then another thing I do is aromatherapy. And I am trained in aromatherapy for women's health. So that's a separate service. And I can do consultations. I also often do make aromatherapy recommendations during my reflexology sessions. If I notice something, for example, somebody tells me, oh, I really haven't been able to sleep lately or something like that. But I can also do individual aromatherapy consultations. And what we talk about there is we talk about um, what oil, what essential oil might be beneficial for the person's condition and also how they might want to use it. What are some contraindications? What are some things they shouldn't be doing based on, you know, what they're going through? Um, And then the last thing that I'm... um, just received my next level certification, but I'm still um, working on is called orthobionomy. And orthobionomy are very gentle adjustments, mostly of the joints. And the reason I decided to add that is because when somebody comes in and say, oh, you know, my shoulders and my neck really hurt, I can work on their feet and I can totally work on their shoulder reflexes and neck reflexes through their feet. But sometimes for comfort, People like to be touched where it hurts. And I didn't feel that I was qualified to touch them unless I was properly trained. So I decided um, two, three years ago to start adding some orthobionomy training to my repertoire training to my repertoire. And now I've received my first level certification and I'm going to start advertising that and offering that um, a little bit more. Oh, beautiful. That sounds excellent. And will that be, it, or can that be in combination with the reflexology or that'll be a separate um, service? It can work either way. The thing with orthobionomy is that it's not like a protocol. It's a slow process. You're kind of investigating where the tension is coming from. You're trying to go with the body. So Sometimes it can be a little hard in an hour to try to do everything, Um, but I also offer hour and a half sessions. In that case, we can totally combine things. And then we can also, sometimes if I find a limitation, I'm working on the feet and I find that one of the ankles is really tight, I will just add a couple of orthobionomy moves in there. I don't necessarily need to do a whole session of orthobionomy. Or if somebody tells me, oh, my neck is really tight today, then I might just start and do five, 10 minutes orthobionomy on their neck Mm -hmm. and then still do the reflexology treatment on their feet. Okay. All right. So reflexology and and all of the different modalities that you've talked about are really wonderful forms of self-care which is so important you know so often we can overlook our own self-care thinking that you know especially women I feel um you know will just keep going and never filling up their cup just giving 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 Um, But it is important to understand that, you know, you you must take that time for you to fill your cup back up so that you have reserves to give out and you can be effective 
in in uh, the service that you're providing to your family, to your community, to your loved ones, your friends. Um, so if that is something as a listener that you're neglecting or you're putting aside, understand that um, to really be of true benefit, um, things like the, these forms of self-care are, are really important and not, not just for you, but to make you even more effective um, in the ways that you want to serve. But um, can you share a little bit about any kind of self-care that you practice? Because I, I don't even know if it's how easy it is to do reflexology on yourself, but it might be one of those, like the cobbler's children don't have shoes, you know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> like, How are you taking care of yourself? So I really do practice um, what I preach and I've chosen those methodologies to work on other people because those are the ones that I love mm -hmm. to have on myself. I have um, been a client of reflexology since I was in my early 20s. Um, fortunately, in Europe, it's a little more common than mm -hmm. it is here, so it's hard to find a reflexologist. However, I do have a reflexologist that um, I meet with every few weeks and um, I do reflexology on her and she does reflexology on me. So mm -hmm. that's something that I do. Um, orthobionomy, not as often, but I do some of that too. I exchange with some other practitioners and then I do just some other things. Yes, I can do things on myself and I do as much as I can. And of course, I do meditation as well, and I do walking and trying to eat healthy and all those things that we can do for ourselves. But, you know, I feel like I need other people's input as well, energetically, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Because if I'm in a room and the windows and the doors are closed the entire time, I keep breathing in the same air. And that's how I feel about always doing self-care on myself. So then at some point, I've got to open the window and get some fresh air in. So I do very regularly get um, body work from other people. I also have a massage therapist that I go to. And then, you know, when you work um, in, a, in the position that I work in all day long, um, I get some shoulder tension and things like that. So then I also do some postural work like Pilates or yoga or things like that, just to keep all of my bodies, my physical body, my mental body, my emotional body, my spiritual body in balance, because that's all we can ever do. You know, things are going to happen, but it's just trying to bring things back into balance. Yeah. And it's all those practices that you're talking about are wonderful for the nervous system as well for balancing and restoring the nervous system. So I'm sure, as you said, that you're susceptible to anxiety and, and things like that. Um, hopefully, you know, that that is creating that nice, nurturing, supportive environment for your nervous system. Um, mm -hmm. That's very healing. Beautiful. I love that analogy of that like stagnation when you just keep your world like really closed. Um, but by, you know, trying different things and, and letting yourself come in contact with different 
um, different healers, different modalities. Um, I find that myself for, for a while, you know, obviously my focus is in general with meditation and um, I learned my meditation technique through an organization and I made wonderful progress with that, um, following that, that path, so to speak, for years. And then I kind of like resisted anything that wasn't that, you know, it was like, oh, this is my path. This is my way. This is the, the, the fastest way for me. And then I realized the stagnation. I realized that I was kind of like puttering, you know, it's like sputtering out and I wasn't getting that, um, that vitality. It wasn't, it wasn't like, I wasn't excited about it anymore. I'd heard Mm -hmm. all the quotes over and over again. And and it was, it was like this, you know, kind of like the recycled air just over and over. And it really was not nourishing me anymore. And I realized like that I was losing interest in Mm -hmm. meditation and in like continuing my development and I was like, oh, I kind of need to, I need, I need to like give myself more exposure to different things and not be so closed into this room um, and see what else is out there. And there was some fear that was put into me um, in, in the approach of that organization where, you know, it was like, well, this is, you know, don't be swayed, don't be tempted because you don't know mm-hmm. what else is out there. And and I had to overcome that because that was powerful, you know, I was like, oh, this is yeah. this is the one true, you know, safe path. Um, so we can see that in lots of different places in our lives. But I love that analogy of just like wanting to get get the air circulating again, get some fresh air moving through. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. So. You have talked, um, we've talked a lot about your services, and some of those you have to be local, you have to be physically present yes. for, and some of them you could do um, remote sessions. So can you talk about how people can find you and what, um, what how people can get in touch with you and, and kind of lay out a little bit of, of those opportunities? Sure. Um, so my business name is from seed to bloom. And so I have a website that's just www.fromseedtobloom.com. And I also have a Facebook page and an Instagram account that I use, um, somewhat regularly. Um, but the, the Facebook page is also called, uh, from seed to bloom wellness center. And then the Instagram is from dot dot bloom. Um, and so those are all ways to get in touch with me. Of course, you know, my phone number and email address are on there. The easiest way is to send me a text message because with this, you know, going in and out of, of meetings with clients, that's the easiest way for me to pick up messages. Um, one of the things that I was offering in the past and then stopped the last couple of years um, because of the pandemic Um, is that I can actually remotely teach people how to do um, reflexology on each other. Mm -hmm. So for example, a couple or a parent and a child, or I mean, it could be anybody, but you know, those were specific groups I was targeting, two sisters, 
just anybody, two people. It could be two adults or it could be one adult and one or two children. And I have a really good introductory program that takes about an hour and a half where I teach people a little bit about the history and, and the principles of reflexology. And then I teach them the technique and I show them how to help each other. Let's say if mommy has a headache, where should you rub her feet? Or if your child has um, colics or a tummy ache, what would be a good area to work on? And um, you know, that's something that I can do in person, but it's also something that I can really very well do over Zoom. Um, so that's an option. Also, um, remote Reiki is something. Some people do remote reflexology. I haven't quite gotten into that because I still feel like um, it's a better hands-on, but, you know, some people do that. And then orthobionomy, there is also an energetic component to that. So you can also do orthobionomy um, energetically at a distance. And I am trained for that. Again, that's something a little bit newer that I do. So I haven't necessarily um, done a lot of exploration there, but that is something that can be done. When it comes to aromatherapy, of course, a consultation can be done um, on a Zoom call or, or even a phone call as well. And then it's just a matter of, you know, where the person's going to order their oils if they don't have them, what kind of supplies they need, et cetera, et cetera. But most of these things really can be done online um, and over either a video call or just a, a phone call. Okay, that's amazing. I, what a beautiful gift idea that would be to have the, mm -hmm. the reflexology um, training as mm -hmm. a couple or as a, you know, to kind of strengthen the relationship, whatever relationship yeah. um, people are called to, you know, to express, you know, that way. But mm -hmm. uh, that could be a really fun gift. Yeah. 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 And, you know, people spend more time at home at, now. Mm -hmm. So it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up? Um, I think the only thing I wanted to mention too, because that's something I feel very passionate about is oftentimes um, people are very aware of, you know, um, something causing a physical issue, something physical. So, you know, if I eat poorly, I may have some um, diabetes issues or intestinal issues. If I, um, you know, fall, I may injure my leg and have a physical issue. One of the things that I find a lot in my practice that a lot of people I feel are not necessarily aware of is that emotional and mental issues and spiritual issues can also cause physical issues in the body. And I, I really, that's kind of one of the things I feel so passionate about because um, I'll give you an example. I have so many cases I could talk about, but I had a lady that came with debilitating foot pain. I mean, she could not walk for more than, you know, 
50 steps because she was in so much pain. And so I did some reflexology and I have a special technique for chronic foot pain. And we got to talking about different things and found out that the foot pain started when her mother passed away and they were so close and they, their life was so intertwined that she found herself completely lost after her mother passed away. And after a few sessions and working on that, and I'm not a therapist by any mean, means, but you know, I'm always happy to talk about things, to allow people to express what is on their heart or on their mind. And so after maybe three, four sessions where we did some reflexology and some talking and some um, different affirmations and things like that, the person said, you know, my foot doesn't hurt anymore. And mm. they went on a hiking trip and they were able to hike and they had no more foot issues. Yeah. So I think a lot of times people tend to look for physical issues to cause their physical issues. But think about how your emotions can create some tension in the body and that can then ultimately lead to some pretty severe um, physical issues but the root cause is not physical. So if you're just looking for a physical root cause, you're not going to find it and you're not going to be able to get better and to heal your physical condition. Thank you for sharing that. That is so important to understand, you know, that we are these complete beings that have physical bodies, but then we have the emotional bodies, we have the mental bodies the mental and emotional bodies are energetic. They're invisible for, you know, lack of a better word. They're not invisible to everybody, but for the masses, you know, they're invisible, but they are energy. And so when there are blockages or there's tension or density or whatever is happening um, in those energetic levels, it, it, it can express and manifest in the physical because they're not... They're layers within our being that are all interconnected. They're not like, you know, my physical body is over here. And then to the left of that and completely separate is my emotional body. And then on yes. the other side of that is my mental body. And they're, you yes. know, in no way, con you know, connected. No, they're all like interwoven. And yes, so, yeah, I mean, just like how a physical symptoms can affect our emotions. They can make us testier. Yes. They can make us sad if we're dealing with them for a long time. They can make us feel hopeless. You know, you can have the reverse. So thank you for yeah. that. Absolutely. Well, what a blessing to have you on here sharing your light. Ingrid, thank you so much. Thank you for the service that you're doing in general. It's been such, uh, I mean, it's an important part of my self-care um, regimen, so I can't recommend you enough to people who are local. You really, um, it's so relaxing, it feels so good, and then it's just such a joy to be in your presence as well. So um, it's really, really a blessing that you found this path uh, of service. So thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to do this, and uh, I can't wait to uh, to hear what people have to say. Absolutely great. Thank you so much. Wonderful. 
So be sure to check Ingrid Schwegler out at From Seed to Bloom, and I will be sure to put her contact information, her website and Instagram and so forth um, in the show notes. And thank you so much for tuning in. Please share this episode. You can subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. I really appreciate your support. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation.